Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, a daily podcast where we talk about the wise man's fear and then we read about it. This is page 502. Few items I'd quietly pilfered from Codicus Lab over the last span and gave Stapes a list of a few essential items I was lacking, and he produced them all more quickly than a grocer in a store. Finally, at the hour when all but the most desperate and dishonest persons are abed, Alvarin gave me a purse containing a hundred silver bits. This is a messy way of handling it, Alvarin said. Normally, I would give you a writ charging citizens to provide you with assistance and aid, he sighed. But using something like that as you travel would be as good as blowing a trumpet announcing your arrival. I nodded. If they're clever enough to have a spy among your guard, it's safe to assume they have connections with the local populace as well, your grace. They might be the local populace, he said darkly. Stapes led me out of the estate through the same secret passage the mayor used to enter my rooms. Carrying a hooded thief's lamp, he took me through several twisting passages, then down a long, dark stairway that bored deep into the stone of the shear. Thus I found myself standing alone in the chill cellar of an abandoned shop in Severn Low. It was in the section of the city that had been ravaged by fire some years ago, and the building's few remaining roof beams stretched like dark bones against the first pale light of dawn. I stepped from the burned shell of the building. Above, the mayor's estates perched on the edge of the shear like some predatory bird. I spat, none too pleased with my situation, press-ganged into mercenary service. My eyes were gritty from my sleepless night and my long journey through the twisting stone passages in the shear. The wine I'd drunk wasn't improving anything either. For the last few hours, I could feel myself growing less drunk and more hungover by slow degrees. I'd never been awake through the entire process before, and it was not pleasant. I'd managed to keep up appearances in front of Alvarin and Stapes, but the fact of the matter was that my gut was sour and my thoughts were thick and sluggish. The cool pre-dawn air cleared my head a little, and within a hundred steps I began thinking of things I'd forgotten to include on the list I'd given Stapes. The wine had done me no favors there. I had no tinderbox, no salt, no knife. My loot. I hadn't picked it up from the luthier after having its loose peg fixed. Who knew how long I might be hunting bandits for the mare? How long would it sit unclaimed before the man decided it had been abandoned? I went two miles out of my way, but found the luthier's shop dark and lifeless. I hammered on the door to no avail. Then, after a moment's indecision, the page ended. My name's Nick. My name's Jordana. And I'm Jeremy. Also, I know the pages don't end in a certain place. I know that that's not a thing, (laughs) but this really feels like it's a thing. Because if you know what's coming up, it seems like it's a thing. It is a nice little pause, especially that it's it's a moment's indecision. If this was a comic book, it would be a panel with no word balloons. Um, mm. The thing I alluded to yesterday that I gave you a tantalizing hint for is the line that the mayor reads here. They might be the local populace. This says to me that the mayor may suspect that this is not simple banditry, but is the beginning of rebellion. These aren't like, I mean, surely bandits are, you know, local after a fashion because they are uh, living in the area. But uh, I think that uh, the mayor suspects but does not give voice to the possibility that it's not like rando bandits. It's the local populace, like fully killing and taking the, or, you know, yeah, possibly killing the tax collectors. Actually, I don't think it is explained if the tax collectors are like, like a chronicler, you know, left pantsless but alive, or if they're uh, slit ear to ear in the gutter. But it seems to me that it's likely the latter. And the mayor is concerned, perhaps, that this is rebellion. And a person like the mayor, I would expect, 
would uh, brook no such thing, which may speak to why he's willing to be uh, extremely ruthless with the consequences to these bandits. Maybe also why he's like prepping for war. Yeah, exactly. And it may also ex- uh, ex- explain why this is so serious. Like, it's not just a question of owing Roderick the money and losing face in front of Mellowin. It might be like potentially a prelude to open rebellion. And that's why he's really serious about this. Although if it was a really big deal, then he'd probably send, he'd either send Dagon or like, you know, he, he seems like he's being so hush-hush. He's only sending four people. Like, it really seems to me like a Band-Aid solution. And maybe I just don't understand the intricacies of dealing with bandits. But even with Quoth, even with the Aiden mercenary, it seems like a real Band-Aid to send uh, five people against an unknown number of organized bandits. Yeah, well, I think you can think about it this way. Like, if this is just a well-organized gang of bandits who are, you know, kind of traipsing up and down the King's Road, waylaying tax collectors, then you only need to deal with them once, right? You like, you you capture and kill them and you've dealt with the problem. And for that, maybe you only need, you know, a, a D&D party's worth of, of people to do that for you. In fact, that's probably better. That's true. If And I mean, all these characters uh, clearly all have levels, so they are more powerful than a commoner. Uh, exactly. So I think it actually, it makes sense that, that they would send a D&D party. But if it is a rebellion that he is uh, looking to thwart, uh, and I think that that is certainly possible, then I think you can think about it in terms of that's a politically delicate situation. He can't look weak. He can't let his tax collectors keep getting waylaid because that will make him look weak and embolden the rebels. But at the same time, if he sent out his his Darth Vader, Dagon, to go out and do what he said Dagon would do, which is like burn every village to the ground and put people's heads on spikes. Well, that makes him look like a tyrant, which is only going to make the people who are rebelling want to rebel more. So I think if you want to shut down a rebellion before it starts, maybe what you do is you send your stealthy knife men in the dark to cut the heads off the rebels, you know, from stealth. And then... You can say to the public, these were simple bandits and my men dealt them justice. But what the what anyone else who's thinking of rebellion is going to think is the mayor can pick us off whenever he wants. His people will strike from the shadows and we'll never see them coming. It's too risky. It's too dangerous to to keep flouting the law like this. We better just like, you know, count ourselves lucky we didn't get caught. I think that's a really good reading, although something I do want to point out here, and we haven't really got to it in the text yet, but I want to talk a bit about Tempe, who we eventually learn is like a discount Adam. He is uh, among the worst of the Adam. He is thought to be not very bright, kind of a fuck up. Presumably, he doesn't quite command the same fee as uh, as a full fledged Adam woman might. So I wonder if the mayor like got a discount Aiden. Like he, I don't think he spared no expense here. I think he, I think he did spare some expense. I think he wanted an Aiden mercenary, but he didn't pay top dollar, and so he got Tempe. And yet, yeah, that's another thing that I thought was kind of funny because he tells both like, you know, that guy wasn't cheap. Let me tell you. And I'm sitting here thinking, you hired four people. Like this problem is such a big deal to you, and you hired four people. You know, like. Fine. You don't want to send out your army. That's fine. But maybe you want more than four people to deal with this well-armed gang of bandits. You know what I mean? And like, I think that is something that Quo thinks about too. Like, I've been set up to fail here. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
maybe you know maybe having the ADEM is supposed to be I don't know I almost feel like it, it is for show I almost feel like he's sending this to say well you know I sent my best people I sent an ADEM mercenary like even they couldn't handle it like it, there's definitely something else going on here uh, which I don't think we have a window on mm-hmm Jordana you've been awfully quiet well, you guys are covering a lot of the stuff that, like, I also think. So I feel like I don't have to add much. But I agree with all the things you say, which is nice. I think it's a real bad move of Quoth to break into Lufa's place. Uh, he he hasn't broken in anywhere yet. You're you're violating our sacred pact to never talk about what's on the next page. Okay, fine. But he's he's casing a place and it belongs to Lufa. No, it mm. doesn't. It's a luthier. That's right. That's what I said. Lufa. Yeah, DCI John Luffier. Uh. <laughs> and like, really, Jeremy? I thought for sure that was going to turn into a great bit. Yeah. I think it did turn into a great bit. Not all great bits are long bits. And now it's over. Repairing musical instruments is me game. <laughs> my wife left me because I got too angry repairing musical instruments. <laughs> uh everyone watch the bbc's uh wonderful uh crime drama starring idris elba luther if only so that the next time you take a shower uh you immediately think lufa mm-hmm. when you wash yourself with your <laughs> there we go we got some participation out of jordana with that one there we go all right jeremy to take it Take a note here. The way to get to try, the way to, to trigger Jordana's uh, funny bone is to do shower humor. Mm, that's right. <laughs> okay. Also, Lufa is a funny word to begin with, and you just made it. I don't see what's so funny about it. It's just my name. I haven't seen that show. I had no idea it existed. But after you explained the bit and then applied it to like bathroom fluffies. All right. It's suddenly much. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> no one has tried to uh, no one has tried to sell merch of uh, a Lufa that's uh, Idris Elba's face. A John Lufa? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you want his face? Uh, you know, caressing your nethers, scrubbing yes, away in, the in flaky remains parts, of yesterday's mud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think the real the real key we've discovered here is that we just have to explain the joke to Jordana, and then she'll laugh. Yes, correct. Um, much like Napoleon, I too want to get off Elba. Hmm. I don't get it. Well, you see, <laughs> Napoleon was imprisoned after <laughs> it's he okay, was it's okay. we don't on have the to... island of Elba. <laughs> we don't have to explain uh, that one. <laughs> it's too. It's too much. It's too good. It's one of the ones I want the listeners to li- to look up, and then they'll go, "Oh, that Nick is such a funny guy." Even though I'm pretty sure I made it on another episode, and I probably didn't come up with that myself. I think I heard it somewhere else. Anywho, uh, we're very funny here on this podcast that we call Page of the. Wait. Wait.